Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Wild Wild Will. Mark Lilly and Eric here. We're going through all of the Will Smith movies. We're breaking them down. Um, if you're listening to this in a timely fashion and you live in I- Ithaca, Friday, October 21st, uh, me and Shane are going to do the roast of Ithaca with a bunch of comedians at Liquid State Brewing Company, Friday, 6 o'clock at in Ithaca. I don't know. Hey, not, Google not search that. Yeah, not to spoil your roast, but on your Gentleman's Club podcast, you were saying that you're just going to make fun of the mayor because he's really young. How old is he? Are you are you keeping that a secret? So I think this was back in the day. They they that uh, Ithaca had the youngest mayor. Really? If he was like 24 or something. Awesome. Yo, it's better than towns that have like dogs as mayor. At least he's a human. (laughs) Wait, there's a town with a dog. Yeah, Eric, there are so many small towns throughout america they, do they have large. like a dog as the mayor they'll do like a, a, a thing of cheese as the mayor <laughs> yeah so these towns are just like so goddamn small so it's like yeah let's sparky be the old mayor that's a good mayor as long as the dog ain't the sheriff so <laughs> i think i think we're gonna have a little um devil's threesome here a little role reversal a, a, a little Devil's role three. reversal here with oh. with eric because i was just getting some feelings that maybe i'm wrong here i was getting some feelings before we started this podcast we're doing the movie hancock mm-hmm. i was getting some feelings here that eric disliked this movie and I feel like me and Lily had a more positive experience watching this movie. And usually it's the other way around where Eric's trying to convince us some hunk of shit is a good movie. You know, I feel like this time around, you and Eric are much more on the same wavelength. What? I, I, I wait, Eric. How do no, you... no, no. I'm not about Hancock. I mean, just Will Smith in general. Oh, like, I feel like you and Eric are usually like vibe but but eric what's your first preliminary thoughts on hancock was it your first time seeing this movie yeah this is my first time seeing it i have like a caveat i need to put on what i'm about to say because i think i'm delirious right now i'm kind of coming off that vacation high you know what i'm saying um and into just an actual normal high (laughs) into a normal high in a second um the caveat is that what I'm trying to say when you're saying something, but you want to put like an asterisk next to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Basically, I think I watched this movie. Here's my metaphor. I need more vegetables in my diet. Okay. And I, and I didn't want to have a pizza. Mm. And so it's like I ate the pizza and I'm like, man, I really should have ate some veggies. I need some veggies in my diet does anyone know what i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say i understand exactly what you mean because you honestly like off podcast have been like begging us that you want to do like another podcast where you're watching just like good hearty classic cinema from hollywood yeah and mark just keeps shitting on you and saying that that that's not you can be like, well, no, we have to watch movies people have actually seen. And like, so I know exactly what you mean, because I feel like off the record, you have been like craving no. um, 
You've been craving the vegetables, the foundations, the food pyramid. This motherfucker, he's not even trying to do vegetables where it's like road to perdition or something. He's like, he's going like beyond criterion collection where he's like, it's called the man's mask. <laughs> and it's, it's it's a New Zealand film. I'm saying just because <laughs> most people don't like Brussels sprouts doesn't mean Eric's not allowed yeah, to like Brussels he's sprouts. He's doing like a kale paste. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and here's the thing. I did not like this movie or whatever. Well, we'll get into it because maybe the things I have little things. That okay. I talk about, but gonna, I, I have I think there's good stuff in this movie, too. I'm going to say this because, you know, I'm hearing this all with everybody else. So I don't know 100 percent where Eric's at, but he wanted some veggies. He got a pizza. I'm going to say this. I think this movie was almost a tease for you Mm. because it is a movie. It's a plot that could have been a fucking hearty, raw kale salad. It could have been. Oh, my God. It could have been. It could have been like Black Swan. It could have been fucking dark. It could have been just so um, healthy for your brain. And instead, it pivoted and went just like, Man, fuck it. It's a Friday night. Let's just order a pizza. Yeah, no, it was like yeah. this movie was like if eating a carrot, but then at the end of the carrot was a stuffed crust. Yeah. <laughs> it's a That's pizza. A yeah, That's it's like a pizza analogy. with maybe is that a mushroom on it? Yeah. But like yeah, yeah. I feel like so maybe Hancock. Great name. Maybe if when you ordered it, you were like, this is gonna be a straight pizza, but then you start looking and you're like, man, is this not a straight pizza and then you take a bite and you're like oh no it's a it's a fucking pizza i feel like you got teased a little bit so maybe it made it a little bit harder for you because there was a there was a moment where you're like oh this could be like a super interesting concept well, oh we got- there's yeah there's some and even beyond the concept there's like some great highs i think the acting across the board sensational i think everyone's really fucking good you know um, what fucked with my mind though hit is me. i don't know why i didn't make this connection until I was like doing my research, but they're like, oh, and this movie brings back Will Smith and Charlize Theron since Bagger Vance. Oh, and I was yeah. like, damn, Bagger Vance literally just like my brain threw it out and was just like, we will not remember this because not once watching this movie, which is like, oh, yeah, they've already acted together again. My brain is like actively trying not to remember Bagger Vance. Well, um, director of this movie mm-hmm. has a little Tom Cruise ties. Okay, Peter Berg. I've looked at some of the shit he was directing. It looks looks like crap, but some of the stuff he's acted (laughs) in collateral collateral. Oh, really? Lions for lambs. That's not good. My boy, Corky Romano. Okay, that is good. Hell yeah. Yes, this dude. He also did the Boston Marathon bombing drama Patriots Day. This guy. He's been in some good shit. Uh, to go back to the Bagger Vance thing, 100% Lily. I did not remember they were ever in a movie together. <laughs> in fact, the only connection I made while watching is like, oh, Jason Bateman and Charlize Theron were on Arrested Development. Oh, together. yeah. A cool reunion. That yeah. they're together again. I didn't even remember Bagger Vance. At least Theron was in Arrested Development. Yeah. As who? The British woman. Who oh, might she be was like, like a, oh, okay. mentally She disabled. wasn't like a... Oh, yeah. God, that show's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Written by by Vincent 
no, I don't know how to how to pronounce that. But also Vince Gilligan, who did Breaking Woo! Bad, about he did one of the rewrites on it. Yeah. Um, should I should I break down this movie? Break it down, break man. Caucus. Before you break it down, can I talk about a pizza that I had that was really good? Yeah. Sure. But it was kind of like a Hawaiian pizza and it fits into like um this October spooky season. If what anyone the fuck here, did you eat? I'm listening. If anyone here has Netflix, which I didn't, and the only reason I got Netflix was to watch this, but Rob Zombie's The Monsters movie mm. on Netflix is fucking hilarious. And is you that- should watch it. Dude, they do a joke. I'm going to give you a couple of the jokes and you tell me what you think. <laughs> and I'm being like completely sincere. This isn't sarcastic. Uh, Herman Munster, the Frankenstein father looking motherfucker. He's on a plane and he orders like a drink and the stewardess comes out wearing a parachute and she like hands him the drink and jumps out of the plane because she is so terrified of the monsters. Okay. (laughs) They do a joke where he's like, I threw my mother-in-law down a wishing well. I didn't know those things worked. I'm I'm like, this is fucking awesome. So. Highly recommend. Go check it's it out. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I was wondering where it was streaming because I have an interest in it because I did like the monsters growing up, if I'm honest. It's got some good jokes in there. Little spoiler, little spoiler, little tease. Herman Munster is trying to be a stand up comedian in the movie and his jokes are fucking terrible and it's hilarious. Is that where the wishing well joke came from? Yeah, that's from? where the wishing okay. well. That's pretty good. And then he keeps saying, he keeps saying, um, I can see myself working in a mirror store. Or something. Uh, right, right. <laughs> Hancock. Hancock here. See, this, Lily gets it. <laughs> I do like that. It's cheesy. This movie is about a superhero played by Will Smith named John Hancock. Mm-hmm. And he is a drunk. He's depressed. And the reason is, is because he um I don't know. He's uh, become disenfranchised with the whole thing of being a superhero, right? Like people hate him. He'll like go and like, let's say uh, he saves somebody, but, you know, destroys a bunch of shit, which happens in superhero movies, right? This is actually almost like Batman versus Superman, right? We're like, oh, yeah, you saved us, but you like wrecked our building and shit. You caused eight million dollars of damage. And this is actually something that serious, serious in quotation marks, superhero movies have dealt with recently. I feel like. And so he's just like depressed because people are like, you're kind of a shithead. And he's also just like, I'm just like this powerful being just living among these people with no friends and no buddy that's exactly like me in any way. And uh, this is depressing, right? So he's mm-hmm. fucking depressed. He's addicted to alcohol, also known as an alcoholic. <laughs> and I mean, he still like saves people, but just he gets loads of shit about it. And he's almost like he's just going through the paces and just doing it because he it's the only thing he knows. The last thing he remembers was from what eighty years ago. He like woke wow, up. Wow, way at... to drop that twist. Okay, wait. He broke. He woke up like with a head injury or something. But he's ultimately just like immortal, right? We find out later in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's his situation. He just he can fly. He could jump real high. He's super powerful. Um, and then there's uh, a man named. Jason Bateman, who plays a man named Ray, Ray, who is kind of like he's like a shitty PR guy and he he ain't doing great. In fact, we just saw one pitch that did not do great. And he's uh, he's like 
uber optimist i would say his character is also since it's jason bateman he's playing the most hilarious like comedically straight person ever yes he's just obviously an expert at that and i feel like this is the best i've seen him since arrested development playing his character of comedically straight person Mm -hmm. very optimistic straight person and he he gets saved by uh john hancock um uh, when like a train's about to hit him he's like stuck in traffic and he gets caught on the tracks and the train's coming and hancock stops it and saves him um, but at the same time, like wrecks the train and just causes a bunch of destruction. And uh, Ray mm-hmm. is basically like, Hancock, we are going to change your image. You're my new project, my PR project. We're going to we're going to change how people view you and um, like introduces him to his family and stuff. His wife is Charlize Theron. I don't remember her name. Um, and there's the kid and stuff. And uh, uh, the, they're like, he so he introduces them. There's some connection with the kid and his his uh, his idea is, look, they are going to send you to prison at some point because of all the damage you've done and blah, 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 all that stuff, you know, drinking, uh, whatever. Um, and you should go to take some responsibility. And and also it, with you out of the picture, L.A. is going to fucking burn to the ground. Crime is going to run rampant. We've been depending on you and shitting on you at the same time. Right. So Hancock goes to prison. And he uh, it's almost montage, I want to say, but like either way, he's like going to prison and also working on himself like like he's literally going to like AA meetings type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, Ray is 100 percent right. People do start to miss him. And there's just like it doesn't matter. There's just like some bad guy out there that is he was like robbing a bank in Hancock like took his arm or took his hand at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that guy, uh, that guy just wants revenge on Hancock and wants to hurt him. And he's basically going to be the big bad guy at the end of it. Um, <clears throat> so he's in prison. People are missing him. And finally, the chief of police is like, Hancock, we need you back. But by that point, he's worked on himself. He's worked on a bunch of his inner issues and everything. And he's got like some advice from Ray, like, you know, be nice to people try to put in that effort you know to like have a good like some good pr and and he starts working on that the big twist at the third act is that uh charlize theron which is ray's wife i wish i remember her name um michelle her character is also a superhero she's kind of been looking at hancock sideways like what's this guy's deal She's got the exact same powers, maybe even a little more powerful than Hancock. And um, their situation with these superheroes is that there was a lot of them on the Earth. But at this point, it's just her and Hancock. And they are actually a couple that have been coupled up throughout eternity. They've gone on adventures since the beginning of time together as these gods, these superheroes. Um, but the thing is that when they're together, they're, they're actually married. And when they're together, their powers start to disappear. And in order to keep their powers, they need to be apart from each other. And um, that's why she's kind of looking at him sideways, like, do I you here type of thing. But it's like an attraction thing. They're always together. He forgot that he was married to her because of his head injury. Um, and then there's like a big bad guy, big fight at the end. 
they're together. So they're both like almost dying because they're mortal at that point. But then they start separating, physically separating from each other. They're able to heal from their wounds. And now Hancock is away from his old wife, Charlize Theron. Uh, Charlize Theron stays in L.A. with her family and they keep their powers. And Hancock's like fighting crime in New York City at this point or some shit like that. And that's the end of the movie. I'm going to say this. That was pretty good. Um, I liked this movie, but I think right there in the synopsis tells you the biggest issue with this movie and that it is two motherfucking movies squished together because the first half of your description, Mark, it's like, damn, I'm digging how dark that is. I'm digging the vibe of it. And then just all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, there's two of them and they're soulmates. But when they're together, they become mortal. And it's just like, where the fuck did that come from? And you know what? It feels like that when you're watching the movie. I mean, honestly, the minute you meet Charlize Theron's character, you're like, oh, she's like Hancock. But then like the whole backstory that they give the two of them, it feels like it just comes out of nowhere in the second half. And it's fine. But it softens the first half of the movie, which I think was like pretty dope on the tour directory that it was going on. Yeah. Talk about positives with this. Will Smith is great at playing like a mean person mm-hmm. or like, like, He's like straight up roasting people in this. Yeah. Which I couldn't tell if this is R rated or not, but it was like- R rated. It took two times to get it down to PG 13. Two edits. Okay, so it's PG 13 because like, yeah, he's roasting people. He tells that one, like calls that one lady a bitch and says he's been drinking and he um, tells an old woman, I will break my foot off in your ass woman <laughs> because she was looking at him in a bar. <laughs> oh yeah. That part was great. <laughs> and like, so him like being bad boys, like R rated or just being like mean, it's like, he's really fucking good at it and really good and funny. It's like, um, this reminded me of, this was kind of the era where Billy Bob Thornton was getting all the bad Santa roles. Mm. Like he played like bad Santa. And then he, what was the other one? Bad news bad bears. bears which is fucking awesome. And it's just like, let's take actors and just make them real mean or whatever and say like outrageous shit. And he kills it, man. Like he's really funny. He keeps saying that joke about like threatening to put people's like heads up other people's asses. But at one point he says like, I'm going to put your head up my ass. (laughs) I thought that was the funniest line. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Some old woman's like, I can smell the liquor on you. I've been drinking, bitch. There were so many great liners out of him. And I think it would have been like a really easy role to go cheesy with some of those one liners. Like there was a rumor that they really want Dave Chappelle for this. Mm. And I think Dave Chappelle would have been funny, but it would have been so different because I feel like the way Will played it was fucking perfect. We're like, he was funny, but. Fuck, it was like dark. He was, yeah, he, it was, I felt like it was the first two acts of this. I think I'm not, I'm going to say slightly below how I felt about Men in Black, where Mm. I was like introduced into this world. And this is a very short movie, it's 90 Mm -hmm. minutes. And you're introduced into this world. And it's like, there's, it just like, it just felt like there wasn't like an ounce of fat. And I'm not saying this movie does it as good as Men in Black did, but it was just, it felt like, um, it felt like you're just watching how people deal with addiction and how people deal with loneliness and depression through the eyes of like somebody that 
is lonely and depressed and addicted to alcohol because they have all these superpowers and they're not able to handle it. I thought it was like a really good look at that. Mm -hmm. And um, and I thought, yeah, Will Smith played it as a depressed person. Mm -hmm. Like he like, yeah, Dave Chappelle would have fucking hammed up some line or something. He like Will Smith played it as like somebody that was just like at the end of it. And it's it's so interesting. It's almost like a Dr. Manhattan thing, like a Watchmen Dr. Mm -hmm. Manhattan thing when you're so powerful that how do you connect with any human, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. so Mark had mentioned how this movie took two times to get down to PG-13. This is originally going to be an R-rated movie, but it came out in uh, July 4th weekend. So they ended up wanting to, to be more mass appeal. There was originally a scene that like the rating system was going to allow this scene, which feels fucking crazy, but obviously not for PG-13. And I, it would have been a completely different. I mean, they were like, we literally cut the scene because audiences saw it and they did not fucking find it funny at all. And they're like, and it was like just really hard to like win the audience's emotions back after it. Cause it was just like, I think it's in the DVD. I would love to watch it, but they have a scene where he's having sex with a woman. And every time he has sex with a woman, he kills them because he's so powerful. So there's a scene when he has a sex with a woman and the orgasm like explodes them. It's like some shit from the boys. But like, but you know what? This is this is like the precursor to the boys, where I think there it like there is something just so intriguing about that. And maybe I'm seeing it through 2022 eyes because we have so many fucking superhero movies. But there's something really intriguing about like, what would you do if you had all these powers and you're the only person in the world? Like, how would you have sex with like a person? How do you ever connect with someone? Can you? love someone and not have like the physical you know like you're trying to do good things but like you're kind of like wrecking stuff so people just think you're an asshole all the time like I thought it was like such an interesting um narrative on the superhero on like the gods where it's like yeah that fucking seems like it would suck um I don't know if this is just the great nuts talking but you guys ever have great nuts cereal <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I want to oh, maybe this is too early to get this trippy, but I want to kind of comment on that because what you're talking about, like this movie's kind of like playing for real with superheroes and like. I'm probably going to be a hypocrite when I say this, because I'm sure there's examples of it that work. I Watchmen and stuff like that. I don't know if I've really warmed up to the boys. Did you guys watch the boys? I haven't. Yeah, we've watched the boys. Yeah. Um, so this is twofold. I like when filmmakers come around and they're just like, here's a genre that's like always played with complete sincerity. Like here's, yeah, the superhero movies and Superman's going to come along and blah, blah, blah and save the day. But we're going to kind of like flip it on its head. Like, what would it really be like? And what if Superman was like a drunk asshole who's depressed? I, you know, Will Smith or the boys where it's like, what if they were like crazy people that like murdered people in cold blood or whatever? Oh, man, maybe what I'm going to say is so fucking stupid. Basically, what I'm going to say is I think that can be more exhausting than if something's just played with sincerity, because with sincerity, say you watch a Superman movie and it's just like, oh, man, Superman, like, saved the day and kissed the girl and whatever he fucking did. 
you can still have those thoughts like any great art like you're looking at a fucking painting or some shit you can be like yeah but superman just like fucking blew up that building that's insane and so many people died and it's still a valid interpretation of the movie i I guess what I'm trying to say is like, do people make this kind of content because they think the people who made Batman and sincere stuff didn't understand the implications are pretty fucked up Here, and they're trying to expose how fucked up because it's just like, yeah, when I watch Batman, I go, oh, cool. That's cool. He beat up those people. He saved the day. But also, Jesus Christ, he fucking threw someone down like an elevator shaft. That's crazy. Like I can still have those feelings and thoughts and believe that the artist allowed me to have those thoughts is what i'm saying crazy no i get i get what you're saying but i think i I get what you're saying with the boys and with Watchmen because you can almost go like okay this character that's that's captain america this character that's that's superman oh this is playing off a batman or whatever you know and they're they're trying to like dissect different tropes and whatever and different things about superheroes but like i i just feel like hancock is a a genuine new character yeah 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 you know what i mean like i don't think they're like playing off of a certain thing you know like too much where they're trying to like completely satirize or or play up a trope and also it was written in the 90s too so it was like before this was written in the 90s originally and then made in what 2000 came out in 2008 2008 so like i think it was also a different time it's not like avengers was as as when did the first avengers come out iron man came out in 2008 okay so it wasn't even playing off of that huge Dark push came out in 2008. of yeah. of, of yeah. the popularity of the superheroes now i guess it was probably playing off of like spider-man and you know what i you know? think i think that both the things you're saying can be true. I think you can watch a superhero movie and just like take it for what it is. You know what I mean? Like, okay, sure. He just like threw someone down a shaft, but like you just take it for what it is. But I also think that um, something like Hancock, I think sometimes it's fun to explore like what ultimate power looks like and a superhero or like a godlike figure is just like a really great way to explore. Like if someone has ultimate power, what does that do? What does that look like? As opposed to like with Hancock, I don't know if that they're like trying to make fun of superhero movies as much as they're trying to more analyze like, what does it feel like to be like the ultimate outsider? I don't think that it's crazy either that Hancock's a black man, like, you know, like the ultimate outsider type thing. And I think it's just by making him like a powerful being, it just like, Uh, ups the ante of like how much an outsider is and it's just like something you can like pinpoint to be an outsider um i think if you like watch the boys some of that is like a little like okay we get it we get it superheroes and honestly like i think like the christian bale batmans almost make fun of superheroes in a more insincere way like bane i think his character and um even, you know, Heath Ledger's the Joker. I feel like those are more insincere, like bashing of superheroes than something like Hancock or the boys are. And I think, too, well, I, what I really liked about this, at least, again, the first two acts of this movie, I really loved. I mean, the third act really sucked ass. But the first two acts of this movie, I liked um, what the boys doesn't do, definitely doesn't do, um, is how small of a story it was. 
where mm-hmm. it, like the the whole movie in the first two acts and even in the third act too but it's just dealing with it's basically hancock meeting up somebody that's going to deal with his pr and it's just jason bateman and will smith and charlie's there on the entire time it's a very small movie mm-hmm. and yeah. contained and i love just like hancock in prison like that's just such a small thing like just like oh a superhero in prison dealing with like his inner demons like that that is that was very like really interesting where it's like the boys is like on a fucking global scale you know and you're dealing well, with like the like, president and shit and the prison shit's interesting because he can leave so there is a part of him that's like by staying in prison shows like he does want to be accepted and he does want to be loved and he does want to like be rid of his demons because at any moment he could leave. Like he's not really like kept in there. And I think it does a good way of showing the visual of just like the prison is really like himself. Yeah, no, actually, now that you both have talked about this, probably my ire is more just like pointing out maybe what's become very mainstream to do Mm -hmm. like the subversion genre. And you guys are absolutely right. I like the fact that Will Smith or Hancock is not like, Oh, it's a Superman equivalent. It's like its own character and they play it straight within the world. It's not too crazy or whatever. So yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree with you guys. Actually, that's where the movie excels in the fact that it's um that prison scene you're talking about Lily's fucking awesome where it's like he goes to get the basketball and then jumps back in because he's just like all right i'm gonna play by like the rules here because mm-hmm. otherwise i'm just like all powerful and i can do whatever i want but if i stay in the prison i'm abiding by like what society does or it's also it's that shows like a real level of, like desperation well, the real prison is outside of prison because if he stayed outside of the prison, he's in the prison of himself. Yeah, but like I, it shows like a really deep desperation of just like how fucking much does this guy want to be accepted that he's like, oh, I guess I'll jump back into jail. Also, I think. um, I think what I this is first half of Han- Hancock is I think what made it less like poking the bear of like you know, superhero movies is for a long time. There's just no backstory. Mm. Like, it's just like, there's just a guy and I don't know why he's the only one, but he's got fucking powers. Like, he's just like, I don't know. I woke up in the hospital. My head was all fucked up. In an hour, it was healed. I have no idea how I got it. And they're like, military? And he's like, I don't think so. It's just a normal Miami hospital. And honestly, I think it was better that way it was almost like haunting that way that was yeah. a crazy story i think mm. when they brought in like charlie's theron's character who provided a backstory i feel like that's more when you get into the weird superhero-y like lore where it's like every superhero's got a backstory the and part. like yeah a reason why they are the way they are i think it was much better and i think it played on superhero movies less when they just didn't give them any backstory. It was just like, honestly, I have no idea who the fuck I was before this. I just have these fucking powers and I have no idea where they came from. I think that was better than when they introduced like a long winded kind of stupid backstory for him. 
Okay. I don't know if this is like jumping the gun, but I feel like something I just want to bring up because like we are talking about like superhero movies and like anti-superhero movies. One thing I think Will does and like the director and people who, you know, were like take this route that they do really well is that when Hancock finally does kind of like come into his superhero own, he plays it so motherfucking awkward. Like to me, like an Avengers movie or like, you know, when Peter Parker is finally Spider-Man, like there's like a few stumbling blocks, but then it's also like he's web slinging like a motherfucker. Like he's just so good at it. Hancock is so funny when he gets out of the jail. He comes in like his new superhero uniform and he's just like he drops down to like the chief of police and he's just like, I know it's a little tight. And then like Ray had told him like, you know, like when you're interacting with the cop, be like, good job. You're doing good. And Hancock's like, but they're not doing good. Why? Why am I there? And he's like, just fucking say it. So like how many times during that bank robbing scene does he just like go? Good, good job. Good work. Good job. And he plays it just so unsure and so awkward. And it was both funny, but it also felt like so earnest because I feel like it would have been very easy to make like slapsticky or um, he could have hit the lines like a little too hard, but he played it so perfectly. And I think it also would have been cheesy if he came in all of a sudden, like he's a super polished superhero, but instead like he still very much felt like his previous character sober, maybe trying a little bit more but it still felt very in line with the character it didn't feel like a stark like light switch moment and i appreciated that more yeah this might get me hung by my dick saying i'm not saying i can't say that he's better than this person oh in in general but i think well after watching these movies because they've done some similar movies where it's like the big action stuff Will Smith is better at acting than Tom Cruise. Mm. Mm. I can I could see that. Sure. Like this movie, I feel like this is just like kind of like a blockbuster almost. I know it's a superhero movie, but it, it almost reminds me of like a buddy cop type of movie. Like mm. it's just it's just the whole thing is just Jason Bateman and Will Smith playing off each other. It's just like a comedy friendship comedy type of thing. We're like so many of the it's it's like it's like I, I, I can't think of what it's called, but like Black Sheep and like Tommy Boy mm. put two people together that dislike each other. Mm-hmm. It's romantic comedies also. Yeah. That dislike each other that by the end they like each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what this movie is comedically. And Will Smith is like like he's doing something different. We never see Will Smith like this. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um. They never do a moment. In this movie, we're like, and now that's what got me on his side. You know, like, I feel like a lot of times when you do um, in the rom-com world, it's called like grouchy and sunny, where you have the grouchy character like Hancock and you have the sunny character like Ray, the PR guy. But at some point, the grouchy character is like, oh, man, he's not really that grouchy after all. No, like Hancock's fucking grouchy. He tells Ray's son to punch another kid in his piss pump he throws a little french boy up into the air um 
you know, when he's even rescuing a woman, he's saying the right things, but he's being very weird about it. Like, miss, do you consent to me touching you? Oh, the cop. I mean, you're a beautiful woman. I would like to touch you. But like right now, and she's like, dude, not the time. So I feel like they do a good job of just like letting him kind of be an asshole. Like, you know, like he might get better at being a superhero, but that doesn't automatically make him a super warm and fuzzy personality type. And so I feel like Will Smith does a really good job of somehow making that character likable and relatable, but allowing his character to stay fucking grumpy. Yeah, That's he hard. ends the movie by disfiguring the moon. Yeah. Still <laughs> doing like horrible large shit. Scale, large scale littering. <laughs> okay, do you know who they had like in the running for this movie? Because you're talking about like you feel like Will Smith was really great in this role. Uh, these fuckers would have made this an even worse movie. George Clooney. Ben Hello. Affleck. Hello. Matt Damon. Uh Leonardo DiCaprio. I can see Ben Affleck. Mm. He could be grumpy. No, but fucking Ben Affleck, I bet you when he it was time for him to superhero up, they would have had him play it like now all of a sudden he's like a great superhero. Mm. Like I think this is a role that because Will Smith is very he's a very good actor and he's a very good comedic actor. I, you know what I mean? I feel like you had to be skilled at both of those things to pull off how he played this character. And for the most part, if not 100%, he doesn't go for any cheap jokes. Like maybe the movie will do something kind of weird, but I can't think of an instance where it's like, oh man, Will Smith totally improv that like Budweiser mm-hmm. joke or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think and- of something. And I got to say, well, that's that's the thing, too. Like Will Smith, some of the comedy that he he had was from his general demeanor and just he's ultimately just roasting people. Right. He's allowed to go and just make fun of fat French kids and all that stuff. But again, I got to bring it to my boy, Jason Bateman, who is he was carrying this movie comedically with his character. And mm. doing it as the straight man in reactions only. Yeah. Just being able to do that thing where it's like he's he's basically with every line he does calling out how ridiculous of a movie we're in, mm-hmm. you know, and the idea of a superhero and and, and all that shit. I thought I thought I don't know. Jason Bateman is just so good. I, it, I think it's being a straight man is very, very hard and it's very easy to get like lost in the mix. So it's like very impressive that like Will Smith's character is like able to like land and fuck up a street and Jason Bateman can almost feel like he's throwing away a line by being like, dude, I knew what my street looked like. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. I live here. I, I know what my street looks like. Yeah. And it feel, and I think that's what's impressive about it is that feels like a throwaway line, but it fucking hits and it's fucking funny. And it like, lets you know that like he sees through like the character's bullshit yeah i mean jason bateman like this is what he does like he's great now not to um take us too far off track but do you want to hear my weird wizard of oz munchkin hanging himself moment i had while watching this movie okay 
yes. So to clarify, we all know the fucking lore, man. But in Wizard of Oz, there's that great standing rumor that a munchkin hung himself and you can see him doing it in one of the scenes. And I feel like as kids, we we like heard about that rumor through the Internet, maybe. And then no, we watched it. Pre-internet, baby. It was pre-internet. This was word of mouth. Yes, totally word of mouth. And I remember watching and being like, this is the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. Right? Even though like it's like a fucking seagull or something. I forget what it is, a bird on set. But everyone's like scary, oh though. It scared the fuck out of me. The idea yeah. of it. So fucking scary. And happens. by the way, I've watched. Oh, God, I probably should say allegedly because I don't remember the YouTube video. So great. But there was an interview with Loose like, Change. Yeah. That one. I'm gonna <laughs> allegedly. Um, there was an interview like maybe in like 1992 with like all the living munchkins or whatever, like who are in the movie. And they're asking, I'm like, oh, how was your 10 minutes? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, we loved it. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like 2020. And then they're like, by the way. Is it true that you guys abused Judy Garland and stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, that's not true. It never was. And all I'm thinking it's like, then why are they asking you that question if it's not true? Right. What the fuck happened? On like the lollipop guild was fucking her up. It's, apparently, there are some crazy, like, uh, like actual either like physical, sexual. Again, I should say allegedly because I forgot. What the, but it's like pretty fucking crazy. And you're like, what was going on? Yeah. Tin Man shoved his hat up the scarecrow's ass. Well, it's also like a weird thing because like <laughs> Judy Garland was like 15 in it. You know what yes. I mean? She was like a legit kid. A lot of the people playing the Munchkins were like adults. I don't know. I'm. Uh, I'm 100% sure someone pinched her ass. Minimum. Oh, yeah. 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 Minimum. Put their face in her ass by accident. <laughs> Here's the thing. Should we be <laughs> calling them that munchkins? That's their, that's that's their title. In the movie, they're in the munchkins. Movie. Yeah, right, right. But that's what I'm calling they're them by little, their well, character's yeah. title in the movie. Yeah, yeah. We're calling them munchkins because that's what they're called. Yeah, they're, I, I'm sorry. I didn't learn any of their fucking names. Like, I. Lollipop <laughs> Guild, the Lullaby League. No, Come on. Like the actor's name. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's Johnny Shorts. <laughs> oh. No. Yes, shut the fuck up. Oh. I have to stop. I uh, have to stop. All right, <laughs> back to my Wizard of Oz moment. I had, yeah, where is this whole, going? I had that moment while watching this movie. Do you guys have any idea what I'm? Uh, what Was I'm someone watching? hanging in the background? Pretty damn close, dude. Um, <laughs> so I'm watching this movie, and they do the twist where they realize that Charlize Theron, who's wife to Jason Bateman, our PR guy, is in fact a superhero too, or superhuman, and. Hancock and Charlize Theron start fighting in downtown Hollywood or wherever the fuck they are, LA. And so they're fighting in this street and like storm clouds start forming over them. And it's like getting really dark and crazy. And it keeps cutting to shots of like civilians, right? Like running in panic, trying to dodge and duck out of the way of what's happening. And I'm watching the movie. I'm watching the movie. And again, it's getting weird because you're like, oh, my God, Hancock's not the only superhero. Whoa, why are there storm clouds forming out of nowhere? They look like they're being like produced by Charlize Theron, possibly like she's like percent were. Yeah, they weren't or they were. They were. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's like some of them. I'm like, oh, my God, this week's going crazy. And they cut to a wide shot of civilians running in panic. And now let's say all the civilians are like 
five foot five to say six two. I'm giving average height right here. So the height of human beings. Okay. Go, go on. About average. Say, in theory, they're the height of a normal human being. Well, it all ties in because I'm watching it and my eye goes, what the fuck is that? Behind them, there's a 10 foot human. Well, I shouldn't even say human. There's a 10 foot creature running in panic. Degree. I'm not even joking. Pull it up right now. Pull up the it's fucking. Bad. How can I pull up the movie? <laughs> Yo, you're not human though. I a creature. Okay. So I'm like, oh my God, she's summoning creatures too to fight. But it never comes back. So I kept rewinding the scene. I'm not even joking. There's like a 10 foot fucking robot mechanical creature running in panic. I'm like, is this some easy? Wait, what? Yes, dude, pull up the movie. How can I pull up the movie? Pull Pull up up your Netflix. Pull up your Netflix. And go to that fight scene while I keep describing it. Now I kind of I'm I, looking up John Hancock ten foot creature. Oh well, I looked it up too, so I do have the answer to it. Oh, okay, at, okay. At first, I'm just like, is this some Easter egg, some CGI Easter egg? I'm like, oh, are there other superheroes about to show up? Like they're all gonna come out of the woodwork. But it's insane when you watch it. Okay, it, it almost okay. Looks, I think I know what you're talking about. It almost looks CGI. Like you're just like, why it was like you- a guy on stilts, right? Yes. Okay. So I, I know exactly. Like, okay. I no one can see me. I did not look it up on Netflix. I not. I just now that I'm sitting here and we're talking about it, I do remember in the background there was a man in stilts, like in, kind of shadowy, and he did run with a panicked crowd. What? One hundred and fifty percent. Here, this a Happy right Madison now. movie. <laughs> are we talking about dude i couldn't make out what it was i kept rewinding being like what the fuck am i looking at it was so insane and then yeah lily i looked it up online and there was like all these reddit posts where people are like am i fucking hallucinating Why is there, like a cgi creature in the background of this scene and someone finally answered it and they're like well no that guy's like a famous like Hollywood Boulevard like guy who like dresses kind of like a scarecrow and stands on. Oh, stilts. really? And he has like plant features and like vines draped over Ew, him. Oh, so that's like, a worse. And so he was just in the scene. And I'm like, that is so distracting. <laughs> I just thought it was like, oh, like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like a carnival around. <laughs> it was insane. I couldn't. So that was like some real like insider L.A. shit. Yeah, but it's like, I almost feel like if you're editing the movie, you're like, we haven't, (laughs) they never establish him. Like, let's cut to him early before they start fighting. And maybe he's like taking pictures of the crowd. So then into a cake at some point. Right. (laughs) But then just cut to him amongst like normal height people. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And it like tripped me out so bad. That's so like, I mean, now that you're saying it all, like it had to have somehow registered with me, but it like in no way, like, registered while i was watching it to think much of it so like that was just like the funniest fucking shit there <laughs> so yeah, the, the third funny. act of this movie sucks the third act of this movie does suck and it's like from the moment basically that he gets out of prison and starts trying to redeem himself as a superhero and then we find out that charlie Saron is also a superhero is where it starts kind of going bad and it goes bad Quick. quickly where you're like am i missing scenes okay mm. there was like 
there was one in particular part that I got very confused about because Hancock is at Ray's house and he's kind of he's got he's got a weird feeling about Ray's wife. Mary, Mary was her name, Charlie Thron's character. And there's like a weird thing where like they almost kiss in the kitchen and then she like throws them the fuck out of the house and he's just like, oh shit. Like she's a superhero. Yeah. So he comes back the next day and he's just like, we need to fucking talk. I thought I was the only one in the world like this. And here you are like, what the living fuck? And she says he says that they kissed. He was like, because she's like, we're brother and sister. We're brother and sister. She's like, no, we're not. No, we're not. You kissed me. Brother and sisters don't kiss like that. And I was like, but they didn't kiss. So like, I wonder if there was like a take where they did have them kiss and they decided that they didn't like it. It was all bizarre. So I also feel like was there missing scenes? I, my my. So yeah, basically the end. Um, it it it. There's like a, a bank, not a bank robbery. There's a guy. A, uh, the guy was a. <laughs> By the way, I sent you guys. Picture. I sent you the pictures. Look and at like, you. Honestly, Mark, Dude. these might have to be the cover photos for this episode because it is insane. <laughs> so <laughs> the two top pictures are the movie, and the bottom ones like him just in L. Like yeah, like that's company. like too insider to just put in like the dark oh my background. God. And the movie part, it's like. Yeah, it's like got a blue, blue, black filter on it. So it's like hard to tell what's happening in the There's scene. supernatural things happening. Yeah. And then a supernatural creature. <laughs> Honestly, it looks better than a lot of the CGI in this movie. <laughs> they should have done all practical. Um, yeah, but this movie in the third act, it just it just almost unravels into a weird thing of like they're trying to explain his backstory story in depth and also this ends end fight scene, right? Where Hancock and Shirley and Mary almost die and um, they have to separate from each other so that they can live. And this is like this movie had a bunch of rewrites mm-hmm. and this is just my theory on it. I didn't, you know, I, I don't know if this is why it was the ending is this way. It feels like the first two acts are like super cohesive and like a writer wrote that. You know, like this is the story I want to tell him. It's like, you know, like we said, this uh this superhero fighting his demons and trying to figure out how to get his life straightened to get out and you know, and this other person trying to help them. Like that's felt super cohesive and the ending didn't feel cohesive. And I feel like it they put that shit in there because they really wanted this to be a like have a sequel and be um and and have more movies. So it felt like they had they forced in this like because this movie works so well when it's just like you didn't know the background you didn't give a fuck about any of that but then they introduce a deep dive into his background and his past which is like i don't know setting shit up for a sequel and then you introduce the rules of the superheroes kind of where there could be more of them right yes which is just like oh you're just it felt like the third act was made possibly to set up the second one or a sequel. There's long talk of a sequel. The director said that he wanted a sequel. Will Smith has said that he'd be fine with a sequel. Charlize Theron said she'd be fine with a sequel. Um, I mean, all the way up until like 2020, Charlize Theron was just like, nothing has progressed, but I would still be down to do a sequel for that. The director's still like, the director said like weird shit like, you'd probably be able to see like, a third person with powers 
show up. So, I mean, this was a movie where, like, I think they wanted to, like, universe explore with it. I think they wanted to. Why they haven't, I don't know. But I also think... It made $600 million. Oh, my God. It made so much fucking money. I don't... We'll get into that. But I think that is part of the problem with, like... I think the problem is twofold. One, when you make a third act that's basically just trying to set you up for a sequel, it's never a good thing. Two... When you start making a movie that originally was going to be rated R that you then want to cut down to PG-13 so you can have a wide audience, you're kind of fucking with the initial storytelling because the first half of the movie, kind of adult, kind of could go darker if you wanted to. Second half of the movie is almost like a superhero love story. I don't know. They just don't go together. I'll say this. Um, I'm not so down on the second half of the movie. I'm more down on the last action, like the whole hospital stuff and like mm. the bad guys showing up and oh no, now they're mortal. And now they have to like, that's where I kind of felt it was like a little derivative. I didn't mind that they shook it up and introduced because the whole point is like, oh, he's an outsider. So to find someone who's like him mm. is kind of a fun thematic thing to be like, but they can't. Again, he's still an outsider because they can't be together because, you know, for reasons that the movie establishes. Well, they could. Right. But they would be mortal, right? Yeah. Yes. And she's not in love with him. She's in love with Ray. I, I, I liked exploring the idea of Jake. Like, I felt like so bad for Ray when it's like, oh, my wife has a husband for 3000 years and, yeah 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 and to superhero like i was just like damn explore that shit cuz that could be like i this is i could see jason bateman's character become the big bad guy mm. oh yeah yeah if yeah like a sequel because it's just like oh my wife is not my wife i tried to help out this dude and he fucked me over mm. or like yeah, honestly I, th- I think an interesting take could have been um they don't reveal Charlize Theron till like deep in the movie or she's not in any way. Like, honestly, I think the second entity should have been someone that you wouldn't have been upset if they're like leaving their husband. Cause I think that's the problem. It's like, you don't like, they're trying to be like, these two are like, you know, turtle doves. They're, they're a pair, they're soulmates. But it's like, but she's with, Ray and his kid and like that's like a nice family like you don't want to see that torn apart I think what could have been more interesting would have been maybe Ray and all of his PRing discovers he's not the only one there is another person he tracks that person down maybe they fucking had amnesia too I don't fucking know oh my god they're supposed to be soulmates but you know what happens when the two of them are together they can live a mortal life so they can like live together, love together, die together. But instead, oh my God, Hancock has come full circle. And you know what? He's going to give up love and give up the chance to be mortal, which is maybe all he's ever wanted because you know what? He has a responsibility. And then you take it in that superhero tone where it's like, the Batman and Spider-Man and Superman where at the end of the day, they always choose their, the responsibility of their gift over love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
Superman, Batman, yeah. they're never shirking that responsibility. So maybe like you go from Hancock's like this huge kind of grouchy drunk to the end of the movie. He finds it. He finds someone who's like him. Fuck by finding her. He finds a way that he can be like everybody else and he can fit into society and he can finally um, feel that peace. But at that point, baby, Ray got into his brain too much. And you know what? It's his responsibility that he doesn't know how he got these gifts, but fuck it. He's got to use them. So the two of them have to like live separately so that he can superhero. You know what? That one change is actually fucking awesome. And I know it's easy. Like we're all armchair critics and we can Mm -hmm. like think this is the better way to do it. But that's awesome. If the person he finds is not involved with the plot directly, it's yeah. Someone like, holy shit, I went to Rhode Island and there's this person there. And him having to go to Ray and being like, thanks for all the PR shit, but I'm not going to do the superhero thing. I'm going to finally be normal and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it is a story as old as time and maybe a little cliche, but that notion of just like, yes, I'm going to pick this because now I finally feel human and feel like I, I have someone. But then at the end, realizing just like every fucking superhero movie, like, fuck, if I have this gift, I have to. Get, get like uh sacrifice love for the greater yeah. good or whatever and go back to being a hero and then him and ray make up and whatever whatever now yeah, it was really thing. hard having Charlize theron's character be like his you know the yin to his yang because it's like you have her set up in like a loving marriage i like how complicated that is I do I like the tension. Part. I do like the tension between like between them all. So you would lose that. And also then the wife role would get reduced to the wife role. So it's just like it's nice that Charlie's there and gets like kind of a hearty thing to 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 do in this. But um, it's she were we was there a while where we were saying her name wrong? What is society? It? No, is I it, think it's I think we, everybody calls her Charlie's Theron, right? Sure. Yeah. Is it Theron? 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 I don't Theron. know. I thought we were calling her Char- like Charlize Theron for a while. That might have just been you. Charlize. Th- I, I sound like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> Charlize Theron? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I just feel like um, they introduced the idea of when they're together, they become mortal. And they just like really... I, they introduced it and I'm not... Uh, 100% sure why, except for the fact that they wanted to be able to put some bullets into Hancock because to me, like, neither of them thought the notion of becoming mortal seemed appealing, but to me, I would think like, oh, like, it's true love. Like, that is appealing where we can, like, grow old together because, honestly, that's like and it's tension that they didn't bring up with Ray where it's like, Ray is now married to an immortal person. Like, that's going to be wow. fucking weird. So, like, it just felt like they brought up um, kind of like a detail that didn't need to be there, but then also just kind of like left well, it. This is what I, Eric, I thought you hated this movie more than you're letting on. I th- Here's the thing. I think the lows and when I say lows, they're not even that low, but any of the action any of the just like standard screenplay shit like oh lowest point oh this is when he finally gets his groove act two it's all the fun and games act three low point then now he has to rise to occasion i think maybe it's just also just a superhero fatigue 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is saying it with 2022 eyes, but just like maybe it would have felt fresh in 2008. But I watched this movie just kind of going like, man, I need a movie with more sustenance than just like guy figures out his shit and at the end becomes a superhero. And I get that the movie has more going on, but let's be real. It is kind of just catered to a summer blockbuster audience. Oh, this fuck isn't, yeah. This isn't necessarily doing anything too innovative like there are parts that are interesting and i i like those the smaller moments i like the acting but i think overall i was just kind of like worn out where i'm like and and like where is this okay all right like and what else like i kept demanding more of it for some Mm. reason i don't know maybe i think it's because it was an interesting premise where they could have yes rewritten the wheel but like they were just like "Eh, never mind we're not going to. So I I feel you on that word. I feel like that's I enjoyed this movie. I think I love me in an hour 30. Like, yes, bitch, let's fucking rock through this movie. It definitely read like a summer blockbuster, but I do wish they had taken it in that like darker swerve than yeah. they did. Cause I feel like you were just constantly like teased with it a little bit. Where it went from more of like an adult comedy to like a family friendly comedy. Well, can I move on to what we have coming up? Sure. Because there's this is like a year. This is the year where Will Smith gets heavy into the producing role. Oh, mm. the next three movies are The Human Contract, The Secret Life of Bees and Lakeview Terrace, where Will Smith is just executive producer on all three of them. And he's not in the movies. I mean, Secret Life of Bees. Is that a documentary? No, you dumb bitch. Is that the one where like all those fat girls wear the same pants? No. That's the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Bro. Oh, okay. That's some fucking respect on Alexis Bledel's name. Oh, I see what the secret life of bees is. Well, dude, speaking of fucking producers, while I was watching this movie, there's the boardroom scene. The first time Jason Bateman fails at selling them on whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that fucking Michael Mann as one of the executives? <laughs> it sure and then, was. then the credits show up at the end. It said produced by Michael Mann. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I seeing things in this fucking movie that are insane? Eric, that boardroom scene, that was all a bunch of Hollywood producers. That's wild. And um, then the director was one of the doctors trying to save mary while she's dying in the hospital the guy from corky romano <laughs> yeah. um also but, uh, michael mann directed collateral where peter berg was an actor in it damn, oh, damn. Yeah. also um i think was it michael mann had worked with will smith before too Anyways, seven, seven pounds is up next we got seven, seven pounds. pounds which is also in 2000 which is also Not the way of my dick son Getting a lot Hello. of movies where he's got multiple movies in a year. Um, how about this? Next, they should. Oh, and we got to say this summer, um, we have Emancipation coming out. Oh shit! So it's kind of like a uh, Top Gun Maverick kind of yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. We'll Almost have specific. even more recent. We need though. Shit, we need Apple Plus or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Baby, you know I got it. Um, we need um uh Tom Cruise and Will Smith to be in a movie together. That is such a good point. Why haven't they fucking acted together in something? Are they just too big to be together? Give them both 30 million. <laughs> Make it a oh, hundred million dollar movie. I, I don't know why. 
And I'd see. I can't put it. I like. I don't know why. I don't think Tom Cruise would do it. Will Smith is too too tall. tall. Oh, maybe. But I don't like. I think uh, Tom Cruise doesn't want to be with uh, other alphas. Well, Jeremy Renner is definitely a, a Jeremy cap, Renner a is kappa. a bitch. He's definitely <laughs> definitely bitch. not an alpha. With he's Tom a Cruise delta. He's a delta. He's a bitch. Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba they Gooding Jr. reunite. Oh, no, Cuba Gooding Jr. is a gamma. Mm. What? Are you I'm going through X-Men? the whole. I'm talking going through the whole Greek <laughs> <Yeah>. alphabet. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, you know what I mean. Like they're both yeah. like superstar leads. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And like Will Smith does producing. I don't. I just make it happen, Lily. I've just been watching interviews with Tom Cruise, and just like he seems like really intense. Yeah, Will Smith at the Oscars slapped Chris Rock across. His okay, yeah, face. but before that, yeah, before that, a- Will Smith is like. Fun and funny in interviews, getting or cocked. asking his wife like to stop filming him in their house. Okay, you know what would help out this movie, Hancock? Again, going back to like the bad Santa and even bad news bears for the most part, their endings aren't like Billy Bob Thornton doesn't have a change of heart. Like maybe yeah. like people around him like have successes, but he's still kind of a shithead. And even Bad News Bears, spoiler, 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 the Little League team doesn't fucking win the big game. And it's mm. still just kind of like, oh, Billy Bob Thornton still likes to drink, still likes to ogle women, and he's still just like a weirdo. And maybe they could have taken a couple notes from that. But maybe Will Smith's too big of a star where it's like he can't end the movie still drinking in the gutter or like still being kind of a washed up fucker. So, you know, who does that really well? Like lets a shitty character remain a shitty character, but you're like 100% on their side. Cobra fucking Kai. Whoa. They let Johnny Lawrence just be a garbage person. And he's the best fucking person in the whole series. You just like love him. And they don't, you know what I mean? Like they don't feel the need to like make him woke at any point or any bullshit like that. And it's great. I'm just pointing out that I might blow my brains up before we get to bright. (laughs) why what's before bright no no i just don't want to reach i don't want to reach bright (laughs) um well i'm looking forward to seven pounds will smith was good in this um maybe not too high on the movie but also i will admit maybe i was just in not in the mood for like a summer blockbuster i mean this was very summer blockbuster i found this to be very you know what i thought was surprising it's one, it has terrible reviews. Mm. And I don't think it deserves that level hate that it gets. You know why? You mentioned it, Lily. That was the summer of dark night. So society yeah. was on a different wavelength <laughs> where we were into very serious, epic, grounded mm-hmm. superhero content. I, so when you get something with flying and CGI and goofiness, you go like, fuck this. I want to see Heath Ledger's Joker. I, I like, you know what? I remember disliking this movie more back in the day Mm. and I watched it. You know, this is my, I think my second time watching it and I enjoyed it more than when I first watched it. Um, but yeah, so it's got bad reviews, but that fucking box office did not care about reviews. $150 million budget. 629 million. It made, it was the fourth 
highest grossing movie of 2008. Here's God, the thing that fucks with me, though. I typed in, like, what movies came out in 2008? Like, where were we? By the way, great year, Twilight. Thank you. Okay. Welcome our paths into our lives. Um, anyways, oh, it doesn't even pop up as, like, a movie that came out in 2008. I read a list, and it said... Um, movies in 2008 from popularity is a list of 50 movies. Hancock was the very fucking last one, which is so weird to me that a movie that was the fourth highest grossing movie of its year doesn't even blip up when you type in like movies in 2008 when they're creating lists of movies like I don't. There's something very peculiar about wonder, that to me. I wonder if it's kind of the beginning of the. I mean, it literally is the beginning of the uh, like intellectual property shit. You know, Hancock is the. It's not. Uh, it's not based off of anything other than a script. Where Twilight's got the books. Um, Batman has. You know, is obviously a huge intellectual property. Then you got the Avengers coming up and mm. X Men and all that shit. And Hancock just is in that space, but isn't that. You know what you I know? think? I think, one, it's the uh, critic reviews. Two, I think I've said this about a few other Will Smith movies. I think just a hair ahead of its time. Sure. You know what I mean? Because like now you've got like the boys. I think if Hancock came out even just a couple years ago, obviously it probably still would have been doing just as good in theaters. Like this movie did great in theaters. But the critics weren't there for it yet. And I think yeah. some of it was just like the disconnect. But I wonder if this movie had come out even like four or five years ago from now, if they would have let it stand with its R rating. You know, like the director wouldn't have been like, no, let's make this more widely appealing. Yeah, I feel like they could have gotten even meaner with Will Smith and that would have been funny. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, if it came out today, it'd be like a 10 Netflix, HBO, Netflix. I just I just found that very surprising for the fourth highest grossing movie of 2008. That when you look up movies in 2008, it is coming up with just way fucking shittier movies that came out that year and like almost burying Hancock. I was thinking about it as we were watching. I was like, you know, that moment where Hancock saves Jason Bateman's character from the train. Yeah, I was like, that would have been the very last scene of like the second episode mm, yeah, yeah i would have watched that's I would how they like meet. oh my god yeah. this would have taken forever <laughs> this would have been eight 13 episodes to get to the end of this movie yeah right. with tv shows more movies all right oh, go ahead mark right. oh i was gonna say we gotta go Just um, i got i got the last part of goodfellas to watch hell um, yeah dude she Everyone just flushed all the coke one. down the toilet oh you flushed down the coal why'd you do that <laughs> karen why'd you do that karen they weren't going to find it. They weren't going to find it. He put the Coke in his like the dresser above his TV. So they were definitely <laughs> going to find it, bud. I didn't she know did... what to do. <laughs> that was $50,000, Karen. <laughs> All right. We got to go. All right. See you guys. Uh, Bye. Bye. <laughs>